Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody and welcome back to for the booze for the booze i don't know why i just imagine like a big <laughs> arena applause we are back we are back this is this is like i know we put out an episode already this year but this is our first official episode yes, back it's this our year. first real episode back and we are excited we are we are back for this is gonna be our 20 this is the start of our 2023 I don't want to say season because we don't really do season, but our 2023 run. Yes. This is year two. Year we two. We are into year two now. We're in second grade. <laughs> we, uh, I really enjoyed the the little clip show thing we did, though. I did, too. I had a lot I of fun had, with that. I had so much fun, and it didn't quite show how much we were enjoying it because when know. we... Because <laughs> we were, you know, muted our mics to listen to it in real time, and we were just oh, it was a lot of fun. We were laughing. A lot of people, it was so much fun. A lot of people seem to enjoy that one. So yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but we have to get on with the show, and we have to get on to our regularly scheduled programming. Yes, so we can stay number one on the Good Bods Places and Travel. <gasps> Wait, number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Yes, that's right. Number one <laughs> Number on one. Good Pods. We did it. It's awesome. It's I a know. good feeling. But that, you know, that's just attributed to all of our amazing listeners. Absolutely. Thank you guys all for helping us get here. But we are going to do a very interesting place this week. Yes. Uh, a place that not a lot of people actually get to go to. Mm-hmm. It is on, it is a popular spot on a ghost tour. But from my understanding, a very limited amount of people have ever actually been into this property. And we are going to go to one of the most beautiful, scary, and grossest cities in America. Oh, boy. Down to New Orleans to visit the LaLaurie Mansion. Now, 
it's it's amazing to me that such an amazingly beautiful place is steeped in such a horrific nightmarish past in a city that has so many bodily fluids <laughs> that it is like they are trying to create their own homunculus. How did I know you were going to bring <laughs> that up? It's hard not to bring up. I know. I mean, it's Ugh. it's a it's a city just filled with like sorrow, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and it's all left its trail on the street as well. It's very gross. Yeah, I actually had a friend who <laughs> uh, stopped in New Orleans on a little road trip to Texas, mm, and yummy. She said it smelled like. Urine <laughs> and other bodily well, fluids. You know, New Orleans is where Mardi Gras is, and yep. it's, it's a party town. Yep. Now, even though I am joking around, I want to go here pretty bad. It is such a history-filled, beautiful place in America. Yes. You know, it's 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 got all that, like, old-timey, like, southern mixed with French. And it just, it's just, it's just such an interesting place. It is the only... It is one of the only places, maybe in the world, that is legend to have cryptids, aliens, zombies, voodoo, hoodoo, werewolves, vampires, and of course, ghosts and demons. And also the birthplace of my father. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That just mixes in well with everything else. But I mean, it is, it has, the city itself has such a very dark past it does it is it's it's incredible the amount of voodoo that is openly accepted there Mm -hmm. and they not to mention there's been cannibals there i mean there's so many things place has had everything so So many things so the lalori mansion for some reason sticks out in all of this that's scary and that's what we're going to learn about today why does the lalori mansion stick out in a city Filled with so many nightmarish things. Well, I want to know. Then I'm going to tell you. Okay, let's do it. At 1140 Royal Street, what has become of the legendary LaLaurie Mansion, where many of New Orleans' most phantasmic poltergeists reside? Yet, what do we know about this mysterious mansion, and why is it haunted? Its name comes from Madame Delphine LaLaurie. The infamous Madame Delphine was born Marie Delphine McCarty. The gentle and sweet daughter of a well-to-do family grew up to be the woman who would later be known as the cruel mistress of the haunted house. (laughs) The LaLaurie Mansion story begins all the way back in 1831. Then, a man named Edward de Fawcett sold his unfurnished home at 1140 Royal Street to a well-off, pleasant-seeming couple, Dr. Leonard Louis Nicholas LaLaurie and his wife, Delphine, for $33,750, with an 8% mortgage over two years. According to the the book, quote, Madame LaLaurie's Mistress of the Haunted House, a meticulously researched notification work by Carolyn Morrow Long. This was Delphine's third marriage, her first being when she was just 13 years old. She was married to Don Ramon de Lopez Angulo, a caballero de la Royal de Carlos, 
a high-ranking Spanish royal officer. In 1804, after the American acquisition of what was then again a French territory, he had been appointed to the position of Consul General for Spain in the territory of Orleans and was called to appear at the court of Spain. While en route to Madrid with Delphine, who was at the time pregnant, he suddenly died in Havana. A few days after his death, she gave birth to his daughter, Marie Borgia Delphine Lopez Yi Angulo de la Candelaria, and Delphine returned with her daughter to New Orleans. In June 1808, at 21 years of age, she married Jean Blanqueau, a prominent banker, merchant, lawyer, and legislator. At the time of the marriage, he purchased the house at 409 Royal Street in New Orleans for the family, which became known later as Villa Blanqueau. Delphine had four children by Jean, named Marie-Louise Pauline, Louise-Marie Loret, Marie-Louise Jean, and Jean-Pierre Pauline Blanqueau. Jean would die in 1816. On June 25, 1825, she would marry her third husband, physician Leonard Louis Nicholas Lalaurie, who was much younger than her. The couple completed the two-story mansion in the federal architectural style. Situated on the corner of Royal and Hospital Streets in the French Quarter, it seemed like a handsome addition to the neighborhood. But life inside Lalaurie Mansion was nothing short of a nightmare. Two of her husbands died of strange causes, yet it was her third marriage that sparked genuine suspicion. Madame LaLaurie's turbulent third marriage was said to have driven her to madness in the LaLaurie mansion, which she inhabited with her young and very handsome husband. Reports circulated of the abuse which Madame Delphine inflicted upon her slaves and even of her own daughters. The marriage soon began to have problems, and in November 1832, Delphine petitioned the court for a separation, claiming that Dr. LaLaurie had, quote, treated her in such a manner as to render their living together unsupportable, unquote. Claims which her son and two of her daughters by Jean Blanqueau confirmed. As was custom in New Orleans at the time, enslaved Africans were kept in attached quarters. The LaLaurie slaves were kept in horrid conditions, even by standards of the times for slave treatment, and usually were half-starved. Despite their treatment, Madame LaLaurie was known in public to be polite to black people, and court records show that she manumitted two of her slaves. Regardless, rumors spread of the family's mistreatment of their slaves, prompting an official investigation in 1832. A local attorney went to the mansion to investigate allegations of mistreatment of the LaLaurie slaves, but found no wrongdoings. Stories of mistreatment persisted, however, including accounts that were shared with Harriet Martineau, the prominent 19th century English writer who visited the city in 1833. One account describes Madame LaLaurie as becoming enraged when a 12-year-old slave girl named Leah accidentally hit a snag while combing LaLaurie's hair. She chased the girl around the room with a whip until the child leapt off the balcony to her own death. Leah was buried behind the mansion grounds, and Madame LaLaurie was found guilty of cruelty, abusing her slaves, and forced to forfeit 
her nine remaining bondspeople. The slaves were taken away and scheduled to be sold at a public auction, but Madame LaLaurie persuaded a relative to purchase the enslaved workers and return them to her mansion. On April 10, 1834, a fire broke out in the kitchen of the LaLaurie mansion. When the police and fire marshals arrived, they found a 70-year-old woman, the family cook, chained to the stove. She later confessed that she intentionally had started the fire as a suicide attempt because she feared Madame LaLaurie intended to take her to the torture room as punishment. The cook claimed that anyone taken upstairs to the room never returned. This account, reported in the local press, led bystanders the next day to demand that the torture room be inspected. When the LaLaurie denied them entrance, they broke down the doors and found seven mutilated slave bodies. Some were hanged, others were stretched at their limbs, and still others were missing body parts. One surviving old slave woman had a wound on her head that left her too weak to even walk. Newspaper reporters of the day didn't hold back their gruesome chronicling of the scene, describing holes in a slave's head, maggots in the wounds, bloody welts from whips, and other nightmarish atrocities. When the discovery of the torture room became widely known, a mob attacked the Lalori mansion. The surviving slaves were rescued and brought to a jail for a macabre public viewing by more than 4,000 New Orleans residents. Investigators later found several bodies, including one child, buried throughout the mansion's grounds. Madame Delphine and her family fled the scene. The New Orleans press seized the opportunity to vilify and demonize Madame Delphine. Now, it is believed that most of the spirits which haunt the house are those of the deceased slaves. She escaped by carriage and eventually made her way to Paris, where she lived out the rest of her life in denial, according to Moro Long's research about the things that she had done. Soon after the fire, the house was converted into an apartment complex and a tenant was murdered there. However, the unusual nature of his death suggested ties to paranormal activity. The mansion was, for a very brief time, also a school for all girls during the mid to late 19th century. At first, it had been one of the few mixed schools in the city of New Orleans, but politics during the Reconstruction era were convoluted and, surely enough, soon after the school at 1140 Royal Street was converted into a strictly an all-girls African-American primary school. Within a short amount of time, reports of physical assault came to light. We know that young girls would approach their teachers, tears streaking down their faces with their sleeves rolled up. The exposed flesh on their forearms were scratched and bruised. Who did this to you? The teachers would demand from the students. The answer was always one and the same. That woman. But these girls were young enough to be unaware of Madame Delphine and the devastating tragedy some decades earlier. It was unlikely that the teachers themselves would tell six, seven, or eight-year-olds about the starvation and immoral torture of slaves that happened decades before. The house on Royal Street has changed dramatically since the days of Madame LaLaurie having lived there. 
The three-story building that today sits flush with the sidewalk is a formidable structure, painted the color of storm clouds and ringed by wrought iron galleries. It is believed that the third floor was added around 1837, when the home went through one of its many renovations. Much of its architectural detailing likely dates from then, including elaborate ceiling medallions, carved doors, Greek columns, and an intricate frieze of winged angels in the dining room, one of the home's most stunning features. Given the permutations that the property has undergone over the decades, it seems indeed miraculous that such details survived. Over its 181 years, the 10,000-square-foot mansion and its former slave quarters have been chopped up and pieced back together at least half a dozen times. Serving as everything from a private residence, a girls' school, a furniture store, rental apartments, a homeless shelter, and even then back to a private residence again. When ghost stories began to swirl shortly after the 1834 fire, the mansion unwittingly became a French Quarter landmark. And today it remains a goldmine for ghost tours, some of which are prone to exaggerate the already horrific story. Among the LaLaurie House's most famous living occupants in recent years was Nicolas Cage, who bought the property in 2006 for a whopping $3.4 million, but soon ran into financial trouble. He later lost it to foreclosure in 2009. When Michael Whelan bought the house in 2010, it was in desperate need of renovation. Quote, By the time we got in there, the plaster walls were coming off. In the dining room, the angle relief was falling away, unquote. The wooden interior doors carved with fancy floral patterns were in good shape and only needed repainting. Quote, Downstairs, the black and white tile already existed, and we just polished it. We also refinished the wooden floors. We ebonized them, unquote. Interior designer Stassi Scott would go on to say. Many more renovations were done after the house was bought. Waylon and Stassi Scott even had the house blessed by a priest from Notre Dame Seminary. Quote, I pray about this house, and I felt maybe this is the time to let light into this place, honor and respect the history, not erase it, but bring peace to these souls. Unquote. Stassi Scott said. As for paranormal activity, neither Whalen nor Stassi Scott has seen any apparitions, though the home's caretaker, Carol Williams, said she had a few paranormal run-ins herself. Many people have bought and sold the LaLaurie Mansion over the years, and each one of them seems to come into a string of bad luck. Some of them have experienced some kind of financial ruin. For others... It has been health issues or even their own sanity in jeopardy. The house has not spared one owner from these misfortunes. So, best of luck to the current donor, as it sounds like they may need it. Wow. Um, <laughs> that was a lot to take in. It's, pretty, it's a pretty gruesome story, honestly. There's... A lot of gross things that happened at this place. I 
feel like you just touched on it a I little, did. and I don't want to know anymore. Well, you're going to find out some more because you're going to read some more. Awesome. <laughs> but it, 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 it lends to the story. We have to know. It's a thing that happened. It's a very tragic thing that happened. You know, like we, we've said it on the show before. I, I don't even understand. I guess it was a sign of the times. I guess it, people thought it was okay to own people. Yeah, I don't. But at least mm. if you're going to be owning people, do you at least treat them well. You don't own people. All right. I'm going to come right out and say that. Don't <laughs> own people. That's, that's exactly what I that's was going to say. That's bad. But I'm saying like I would have been a terrible slave owner because I would have just been like you guys just you live here. You're, you're good to go. Are you, are you hungry? Exactly. Like, Can I get you a sandwich? <laughs> like you want a drink? I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. But the things that happened in here were so horrific that I can't remember if we put this in the story or not. This house is the inspiration for the very first American Horror Story hmm. series. Interesting. Now, like, I know times were different back then and all. Um, oh, were they? <laughs> yeah, very much so. But you, like, you hear about mis- mistreatment of slaves mm-hmm. and things like that. But this, I think, is another level. And I feel oh, yeah. like those people might be a little mad. Like, I mean, they would have every right to be. Yeah, no. And not only were they ripped from their homes and then bought and sold like cattle, and then they were mutilated and tortured and. I mean, mistreated isn't even really the right phrase to use here. They were, they were treated like nothing. I mean, it's terrible. If I go, I'd stick around and stick up for them myself. I mean, you know, if, if all, all this is true, there Mm -hmm. are reports of this happening. So this did happen. Yeah. We've said it before. If other things make it manageable for, for spirits to stay around. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, this has to be one of them. Absolutely. This isn't one person who just had a heart attack in their house. Right. This was people forced into this home and then beaten and tortured to basically live out forever, the rest of eternity, into this home. I, oh, God. It's awful. And the whole, the whole school thing, like. It's weird. It's super weird, right? Like, multiple children just say, that woman. But what. What bothers me and about young. what bothers me about the school thing is that they say it started out as a mixed school, mm-hmm. and then of course they were like, "Oh no, we can't do that." All African American girls, and you know they were mistreated. I just I don't know. That's crazy. The South was a crazy place in history. You know, yeah. it was not. Oh, very much so. It's not. Uh, it's not a good place for black people, unfortunately. And this is probably up there with the worst of it. Honestly, I, yeah, New Orleans was not a good spot for it. No, it was probably one of the worst. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I just because they got the plantation over there too, which we'll probably do one day. But yeah, the South is pretty gross. Yeah, pretty gross. And we're gonna we're gonna learn some more gross stuff from you. Oh, cool. So what do you say we get into the spookier portions of it? All right, and maybe a little touch of some gross history along the way. I don't wanna. Too bad. Ah. But first, an ad break. Move! 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, back to the good stuff. <laughs> if you've read anything about the ghosts and hauntings in New Orleans, there's no doubt that you've heard about the Lori Mansion. It's one of the most popular stops on the New Orleans ghost tours. Sometimes, people in the city won't even call it that, choosing to refer to on 140 Royal Street as the haunted house instead. The fact is, in New Orleans, the two are one and the same. Shows like American Horror Story have made an already infamous location that much more notorious. The majority of filming happened at the Herman Grimma House on St. Louis Street, and that's probably for the best, as people claim that the Lorley Mansion is cursed. For almost 200 years, there have been reports of paranormal activity of all kinds coming from this towering home. It shouldn't surprise many that the hauntings are attributed to the slaves that Madame LaLaurie once kept on the property. There is a room in the mansion where slaves were often kept, and reports of moaning come from that very room are extremely common. Phantom footsteps echo through the house with regularity. Many people who have stood near the house have reported feeling as if they were taken over by a negative energy. Despite all of the ghost stories and paranormal happenings at the LaLaurie Mansion, it would be almost foolish to assume that all of them could be traced back to Madame LaLaurie and her mistreatment of the slaves. In 1894, a tenant who lived at the LaLaurie Mansion, the house at the time having been converted into apartments, was brutally murdered in his room. They found the man's belongings ransacked, as if someone had gone through them. The police assumed that he was a victim of a robbery, even though nothing of value was found missing. An interesting account regarding this murder deals with the police interviewing neighbors about his disappearance. One of his friends claimed that he was having problems with, quote, sprites in the house. His friend wrote it off as his imagination running wild with him. But he did say something very interesting. He claimed that his friend told him that there was a demon in the house who wasn't going to rest until the man had met his end, which he eventually did. Could it be possible 
that at least some of the ghostly phenomena can be a result of this brutal murder? It certainly seems possible. However, no one will know for sure, but by communicating with the dead who still reside there, we can hope to get to the bottom of the truth about the ghosts that reside at the LaLaurie Mansion. Everyone there believes in psychics or mediums. There was one particular instance made known to the Ghost City Tours team in which someone on one of the ghost tours happened to be a medium. Throughout the entire night, she had sensed things about various locations before the tour guide even told the story. But with the first glance at the Lolori Mansion, the medium sucked in a deep breath. Quote, Such sadness, she whispered as she rocked back on her heels. Pulling out her phone, she proceeded to snap a picture of the mansion. Quote, The bricked up window. She went on. That's not where the little girl fell out of. The tour guide paused, simply because she hadn't gotten to that part of the story about the little girl at all. She recovered quickly and said, quote, No, you're right. The story goes that Leah fell into the courtyard. As for the bricked-up window, I suspect that someone did some interior decorating, but wanted to maintain the symmetry on the outside of the home. End quote. In the next few minutes, the medium experienced such a heavy emotion, like a weight had settled down upon her shoulders. She sensed the spirit of a young boy who liked to play pranks on the living and the spirit of a little girl who was often nervous. The tour guide asked, quote, Did she feel any of the helplessness or anger? End quote. The medium then responded, quote, No. Whatever happened then with LaLaurie does not visit the house any longer. End quote. On another occurrence, a guide was giving a ghost tour. They were at the LaLaurie Mansion, standing just across from the front door. To their right, another group was discussing the tragedies of the home about 50 feet away. But there, all of a sudden, a tour guide felt a tug on her messenger bag that draped over her shoulder. She stopped in the middle of her story and twisted to look over her shoulder, convinced that she might find a pickpocket or someone trying to steal her things. Quote, Right in the middle of a tour. End quote. She said as she regaled everyone with the story of the mansion. But no one was there. So she turned back around and got back into character. No less than ten seconds later, she felt the tug again, only harder this time, like a sharp yank. Once again, she whipped around, but nobody was there. This time, she told her tour what had happened, and their faces, she said, were priceless. Two weeks later, at the corner of Governor Nichols and Royal Street, a tour guide was out on the streets again, bringing another tour around. The LaLaurie Mansion, of course, was the main stop. She had positioned her group under a set of street lamps that had been burnt out for weeks 
she launched into her usual story. But the minute she said the name Leah, the lamps flickered on. Everyone in the group paused, a few even yelping in delight. The guide continued on with the show when she said the name Leah again. Those same lamps then blew out, and the streets were dark once again. Many of the stories told about the LaLaurie Mansion involve slaves being found under extreme conditions after the tragic fire was extinguished. One version begins with the conditions that the slaves endured found when authorities arrived. The story says that one of the female slaves had her bones broken numerous times and then set in unnatural positions so that when she moved, her limbs remained crooked and bent and they even said her gait was reminiscent of a crab. Another slave was said to have had a hole drilled into his head with a wooden spoon sticking out, an obvious attempt to stir the brains out of this poor man's head. Allegedly, a different person had their skin peeled back to expose the tissue and muscle to the naked eye. The story also claims that another slave had his intestines removed from his body and wrapped around his naked waist. Others, covered with honey and black ants, lived in pure torture. As the legend goes, the lucky ones were found dead because their torture had finally ended. Portals to Hell, Season 1, Episode 7. Jack Osborne and Katrina Weedman hit the road to visit New Orleans and stopped at the home of the first American female serial killer, one of the nation's most infamous haunted homes, the LaLaurie Mansion. In an effort to learn as much as possible before actually setting foot inside the LaLaurie Mansion, Jack and Katrina visited Sidney Smith, a New Orleans historian and authority on the paranormal history of the mansion. According to Sidney, the mansion was a true house of horrors and was once owned by wealthy socialite Madame Marie Delphine McCarthy LaLaurie. At one time, Madame LaLaurie owned more than 50 slaves, but over the years, some 20 or more disappeared without a trace. Though the neighbors suspected that Madame LaLaurie had something to do with this, it wasn't until the fire broke out in the mansion that the socialites' taste for torture was revealed to the public. After spending some time and getting the lay of the land and becoming more familiar with the mansion, the Portals to Hell crew got started setting up equipment and laying out their tools for the night's investigation. Among these tools being used was an SLS camera, which detects shapes like human figures and shows a stick figure like a projection over their bodies. As the investigation began, Jack immediately picked something up, or someone, sitting in a chair in the living room, though it only showed up on the SLS. The figure appears to move from sitting in the chair to beside it, 
then disappears, only to reappear a few moments later. Using a device to detect the voices of spirits, Katrina asks the spirits to tell them how many people are in the room, to which the response is... Nine. Startled by the fast response, the team quickly goes and does a head count, and there was in fact nine heads in the room. Katrina then starts to continually ask questions. Did you die at the hands of Madame LaLaurie? And the response, yes. Katrina goes on to ask, Are you the girl that Annie saw? And again, yes. Next, Jack and Katrina head to the area of the home where the enslaved people were forced to live. In the slave quarters, they feel a serious energy shift. And despite a sensation of anxiety and the nagging feeling that some entity may be sharing the space with them, Katrina and Jack try to force communication and ask the entity to identify itself. What they hear are the muffled words, Madame Lori. And then suddenly, one of the camera operators notices a shadowy figure moving at the back of the room and a sliver of light is momentarily blocked from view. After exhausting their efforts in the slave quarters, the team head to one of the rooms in which voodoo and dark magic rituals were once supposedly held. In the room, Jack and Katrina seat themselves at a table in front of a Ouija board, intent on trying to tap into whatever magic may once have been performed within the walls. They each lay two fingers on the board. The pair wait for any signs of spirits. Suddenly, a candle in front of them goes out, completely on its own. Not finding much luck in this room, the team decides to split up. Jack and one of the show's producers return to the secret room in the former slave quarters to see if they can communicate further with whoever may be residing in that room. Almost immediately, the pair hear a light knocking, and when asked to come forward, the knocking is heard again. A little frightened, Jack keeps asking questions. Are you the spirit of someone who worked on the property? It is then another knock can be heard. Are you an intelligent ghost? This time, another louder knock can be heard. Are you a man? And yet, another knock. Were you a slave here? This time, another knock can be heard, but in a different spot than before. Were you tortured here? And just like before, another knock is heard within the room. Suddenly, the spirit stopped knocking, and Jack's questions would go unanswered. Worried that the ghost may have left, Jack tries one last question. Do you want us to leave? And just like before, the spirits would answer with one knock. After their night of investigation, Jack and Katrina meet back up with the caretakers, Carol and Lisa, to show them what they discovered. 
Although the Portals to Hell team started out intending to find an unclosed portal, they found much more than the indication of misused magic. They found the obvious remnants of horrible tragedies. Quote, Unsettled souls trying to rest is how Lisa sums up the feelings. And indeed, it seems that the last lost and broken souls of Madame LaLaurie's victims may well still be roaming the halls of the estate. Spooky! (laughs) I told you we were going to get into some more dark history. Yeah, um, I didn't like that. Yeah, I could tell. That was... I could tell you. I was just trying to like... Read it professionally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we're here for. We're here to tell the story. Oh, that was rough. But yeah, it's super gross. But the stuff she did to those people is horrible. It's horrible. So bad. But I I think the ghost tours part of it, I think it makes for even more of an intriguing story that nobody really gets to go in. You don't get to walk around. You just kind of stand on the street and talk about this towering building that's standing in front of you that has been around for how many years a really long time 118 years yeah long now 180 something years my bad something i did find because i was searching for like uh trip advisor reviews and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and the majority of them are not what you would think really a lot of people don't really have anything good to say about it because all they can really do is look at the outside and move on. So to right. them, the majority of the reviews are, yeah, it's a cool looking old house right there on the street. Yeah, it's you don't get that, you know, internal investigation mm-hmm. type review, which is why, you know, Jack and Katrina come in clutch for us with their investigation. And I don't think I've seen very many investigations at all now, I done do, in this place. I do have to say... I want to give a shout out to ghostcitydoors.com and spooktea.com because that entire story came from just those two websites. So if you have an opportunity, go over, check out those websites because they were very good. They're actually, they make their way into a lot of our stuff. A lot of our stuff. Those were very, very good. So good indeed that, I mean, basically everything came from there. So check them out, support them, go read their stuff. Nice. But yeah, the Lori Mansion, super creepy, and we've only ever really had one investigation. Yeah. But I think the history alone is really what makes it creepy. It does. It definitely sets a tone for... That's a gross tone to set. The- <laughs> it is a gross oh. one. But it, it... Oh, my God. <laughs> it sets the tone for, like, the things that we've talked about before, like mm-hmm. the land and the things that have happened before and how emotions can leave a mark on a place Mm -hmm. because of the things that have happened there or the things that were done to people or, you know, what have you. And let alone the slaves. I mean, there's a documented man that was murdered there and he was talking about, I mean, he said sprites, but spirits, spirits, a demon like inside that building. And this is back in time. So, I mean, so, you know, paranormal activity has been happening here for a really long time. And normally I do like to go in like a little bit in the beginning and talk about where these things take place. But there was no way that I was trying to tackle New Orleans. Oh, there would have been so much. Yeah. I just wasn't doing that. There's 
so much history in New Orleans. <laughs> it's like oh, way gosh. too much. It's a lot. Way so. too much. And like you said in the beginning, like they have so many accounts of all of these other things that happen. Believe it or not, if you want. But I mean, Vampire Diaries, hello. Oh, God. I know. I'm sorry. I love that show. <sighs> um, but just the amount of different things that come from there. Well, New Orleans has it all. Yeah, that's all what I'm it. saying. Like you, you go to these other places that we talk about, you know, Tennessee, Virginia, you know, like all these other places that we do locations at. Mm. You don't hear any of that. No. You might hear, oh, okay, like some random woods in, you know, Washington have cryptids or something like yeah. that, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's this place I feel is so saturated and not just with the cryptid and the spirits it's side just, of it's it. It's everything. It's magic. It's voodoo. It's, yeah. Yeah. Technically, yes. It, it's magic. It is. It's just so drowned in all of this stuff. So. I don't know. That it, it, it kind of questions like, what does that add to this? Well, it's that city, you know. It's it, it just depends on what you believe, and but they say if you believe and and you're looking, you'll find it there. I believe that. So, with that being said, I think it is time that we need to get on to the. Is it real? That's right me it is time megan that i'm gonna ask you what do you think of the lalori mansion is it real i i want to come out just because of you know the history and the magic and all that stuff and just be like yes but there's hardly anything on this place but I have to say, I think because of the history and because of the stains and the energy that these traumas can leave behind, I'm going to say, yes, I think it's real. And I I wish more investigations were able to be done in this place to get more evidence because I do. I feel with the city being what it is and the history of all of that, just combined, I don't know. I do. I do think it's real. What about you? Well, I believe, I, I think it's real. Okay. And, and the, main, the main reason I think it's real is because this place had indications of paranormal activity long before paranormal activity was the thing to talk about. Yeah. People were claiming things going on here long before Travel Channel or anything like that ever existed. Mm-hmm. So, to me, when places have historic accounts of paranormal activity, it, it's to me it makes it more realistic of of being something because these weren't times when you were you did this to be cool. People would be like, "Oh, you're possessed," or like that you were looked down on, right? Or you're a witch because you yeah. think that there's spirits. Well, well look, or... it's New Orleans, so if you were a witch, you'd just fit right in. But <laughs> still, <true>. like, <laughs> people did, they kind of looked at you, you know, with a side eye, like, you know, okay, you know, what are you possessed? Crazy. Right. So I think that speaks volumes. And then, I mean, I like Portals to Hell. It is a TV show, but they seem to, they seem to, to be pretty legit. I'm sure, you know, just like every other show, they beef up little things, but still. Mm-hmm. For one team going in there and actually getting stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what? I'm buying in. I think it's okay. uh, I think it's gonna be real. So we're both saying it's real. We are. So it's going to get the big old seal of approval. So yeah, the Lalori Mansion. The Lalori Mansion. I do want to add one quick little thing. Okay. Miss Madam Blah 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 Ms. blah. Madam Delphine McCarty Lalori. That her. She sucks. Oh yeah, she sucks. She and she just what Psycho. ran away to France and got away with it. Well, she was kind of chased out, but yeah. What? No, absolutely not. Yeah, she's a bad person. I no, I do not like her, and I hope she lived <laughs> out the rest of her days being miserable. She did good. Yeah, yeah, she didn't have a good life after this. I no. People didn't. People didn't exactly uh, like her. What so. a terrible human being. I. Agree. I mean, she tortured everybody from slaves to her own kids. So, yeah. Who does stuff like that? Madam Delphine McCarty LaLaurie. Her. She sucks. That lady. (laughs) (laughs) So, where can they find us? They can find us on Instagram at ForTheBooze underscore podcast and on Facebook at ForTheBooze. You can also find us on Twitter at ForTheBooze and over on YouTube at ForTheBooze if you'd like to watch it on your screen or your phone or however you'd like to do it. And don't forget, listener stories. Come on now. This is the year. We want to make this the year of the listener story. ForTheBooze12, gmail.com. Yes. Also, your listener suggestions. And if you just want to chat and say hi, hey, hi. We'd love to hear from you. Hi. We'd love to write you back and be like, hey, hey. back. <laughs> and don't forget, five stars, rate and review wherever you listen to the show. It's If you want to support the show, this is honestly the best way to do it. It, it will help us move up if everybody, if everybody that listens right now took two minutes of their time to go rate and review the show on Apple or anywhere. It would really help move us up. Apple, it, Google. Spotify, anywhere, wherever. I mean, Apple seems to be to have the most impact, but I don't even care about that. It just let us know how we're doing and uh, help us get up there because one day we'd like to make our way around the country and meet all of you guys. So, yeah, that yeah. would be amazing. Amazing. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I might have to put that in like a, a little sound thing. Oh my God, please do, might that. Have to do that. But <laughs> I guess we're going to cut it out of here on this one. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We appreciate all of you. And we will see you in the next one. We will. Bye. Bye.